having faith in the vine. And, uh, and now this week, as we talked about last week and giving you the introduction, laying a foundation uh, about having faith in the vine, and I'm discovering that people are really enjoying that subject about having faith in the vine. And I could have said having, good morning, Brother Joy, I could have said have faith in Jesus. It's the same, okay? But having, when we talk about having faith in the vine, it's something about giving you a parable where all of us can connect with. A parable where we can connect with and understanding that when we talk about the vine and the branch, what are we saying? We know that a branch cannot abide by itself. It has to have it has to have the vine or the trunk of that tree to connect. Anybody ever seen that church called uh, I think it's called Saint Genevieve? I'm not I'm not sure if that's the right name, but anyway, there's a school. I don't know if they still have a school, but the point that I want to make here, there are, there's a couple of them. These oak trees, anybody ever seen them? Where they have the, you've seen them, where they have the uh, metal bars holding the branch. The branch is just as big as a trunk. If you've never seen that, I, I encourage you, just go, just pass by it. And just look at it. it is something that whereas I, I've seen this years ago and I've seen it, you know, other times. They go to show you that notice that branch or that, that yeah, that branch had now the trunk of that tree. My God, I, I don't even know I, that thing is it, it's probably bigger than this front row. It's huge. So you have the and then you have the, the vine. That's a connected to that trunk. That thing is could be a trunk itself. That's how huge they are, and they got they made metal bars to hold them to hold them up. If you've never seen that, you need to just ride by. I think it's off of St. John and something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. What's it, what's it called? St. John Cathedral. Okay, you need to just pass by there and see that. I tell you, it's a it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> And so we're talking about have, having faith in the vine. So when we say have faith in the vine, think of that tree. Now, that tree is so, the branches is so abiding in that trunk that you have to have metal bars to hold them up. Well, what do you think is holding you and I up? It's Christ in us. And this is why he said you are Let's put that up, Casey, of uh, John 15, 3, uh, uh, where he says, you are clean by the word which the word I've spoken to you. See, we are clean by the word that he's spoken to us. Now, we go through this process. Go back to verse 2 for a moment. Where it says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Now, again, you have to understand the characteristic of God in order to know what he means by he takes away and then every branch that does produce, he purges or prunes it that it may bring forth what? More fruit or much fruit. Okay? 
So we know God is not out cutting off limbs. He's not, he not out, you know, uh, putting some type of sickness or putting this up on you to cleanse you. Or to pr- no, that's not God's character. So when he said he take away, you know, it's not he's not taking away your house. He's not taking away your job. He's not taking away, you know, your money, this and that. That's not what God does. So in actuality, what is being taken away? And I think we went through it, I don't know, was it Sunday night, Sunday or Wednesday? We, we put up uh, these verses of Scripture in the Message Bible, Galatians chapter 5. Did I do that? When, when did I do that? Did I do that? Wednesday. Okay, so some of y'all wasn't here Wednesday. Let's just put that up. This is some of the things that, that are cut away from us, that we are cleansed from. Okay. Now, remember, he said, you have cleaned, you have already been cleaned through the word. So which part of us has been cleansed by the word? It is your born-again spirit. You've already been cleansed by the word that he spoke to us. Okay? The moment you got born again, you are cleansed. Okay? But now, two-thirds of us are not clean. But it has the ability to be cleansed. But it is what? The word that he has spoken to you or not. The word that you've been born again of. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, they are what? A new creature or a new creation. So you and I are cleansed, are clean through the word that we have received through the new birth. Can you see that? And notice this here. Uh, let's see. Okay, so when you go back, put that up in uh, what I told you the message, the message translation. I want you all to see the, uh, verses 19 through 21 in the message. It says right here in King James, now the works of the flesh are manifest. These are the things that are being purged, cleansed, cut away. Okay. It's not that you had anything to do it. The moment Adam, the first Adam sinned, he brought us all up under this position whereas the works of the flesh is manifest, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, and lasciviousness. All of this has to do with a sexual thing. Okay? Adultery, we know what that is. Fornication, sex without marriage, Right? Uncleanliness, that's what homosexuality, trans, all this, uh, trans, uh, what do you call it? Transgender, all this, all that mess originate from that. It's Satan trying to establish a kingdom of his own. Or you understand what I'm saying? And it will never work. And it will never be as long as we're in this dispensation called grace. Now, they had homosexuality in the day, you know, uh, in the days uh, uh, of, of Abraham. So this is not nothing new. Sodom, even what do you call that? Sodomites. Well, Sodomites, y'all know what that is. Yeah. I mean, they had all this stuff back there. You, when you go back and read the word of God, you're going to, this is what I say, the things that's happening today, it's not new. It's always was there. 
The only difference of the day and today day and back then, we have someone who has stood in the gap and paid the price for adultery, fornication, and all these other things. Jesus. So what is he doing? It's giving us all an opportunity to do what? To repent. To understand that there is a new way of thinking. But you have to choose that. It's not going to come to you like right chair falls off a tree. It's not just like it's automatic. The eyes of your understanding has to be enlightened when you hear the truth. If you never hear the truth, and then when I say the truth, I'm talking about the gospel, the truth of what Jesus has done for you. If you never heard the truth, if you don't understand the fullness of the truth, then you never can make a quality decision. You know what I mean by a quality? I'm not talking about a decision. I say a quality one. One that you, you know, you understand there is no place to return, no place of return. A quality decision is one. You thought this out. Why? Because of the information that has come to you. You heard the truth about the gospel. You studied this thing out and you looked to see a love God, a God that loved me this much. And never point his finger at me. Never looked down upon me. Never condemned me of all that I've done. All what, how I've done it. Who I've done it with. How can this be? That's what you have. It's the world that will condemn you. It's the world that will judge you. It's religion that will judge you. It's tradition that will put you in a place of being condemned. And the only reason why it does that is because, you know, it's lifting up its own self-righteous because I don't do what you do, so that makes me better than you. In the eyes of God, we have all fallen short of the glory. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? Now, we're growing in this grace, growing in this glory. Well, if you ever had a taste of God's glory, you'll never go back to anything that you once was a part of. It's manifested. But it only comes through the word. You understand what I'm saying? We can't live on a, what do you call it, a tangible um, manifestation of God's glory because you, 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 you you don't know. You don't know how to respond. You just don't. And when it lifts, you wouldn't even know what to do. You wouldn't even understand what manner of person you are, because you're counting on that, that experience. God don't want us to be dependent on nothing more than the Word itself. That's why He say, "I place my Word above my name." Psalm one thirty eight two. God placed His Word above His name. First, what is that? Uh, First Peter uh, two twenty four that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain forever. 
Are you following what I'm saying? John 1, 1 says what? In the beginning was what? The Word. And the Word was what? With God. The saying that was with God where? In the beginning. So God put his Word. God wants you to have more faith in his Word than anything else. Because you can't separate them. Say, so, well, why words? Because words is what creates. Word create dark light and, and words create darkness. You and I are the subject, have to determine whether you're going to believe in what is right, what is truth, or you can believe in that which is a lie. Words will put you in that place. Your mental disposition is what is, is, what is at stake. How you conceive, your perception of things, how you hear. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you must put yourself in a place of understanding these truths. So when we say, when we talk about here having faith in the vine, these things that I'm trying to show, these are the thing that, that the word itself, that life that you have, it will cause you and I to shed off these things. Like a snake, he sheds his skin, you know, in the summer, you know, just, oh, uh, well, in spring. Okay? That's how you can tell when a snake has been around, you know, you see the, you, you see his skin. Well, we shed off layers of old way of thinking through the fall of the first Adam. Okay? So I'm trying to get you, I'm trying to set you up to understand none of the things where you've been, maybe you maybe still a victim under some part of life or whatever. It's not because of the family you came out of. The family you came out of, maybe they may have some bad traits of this, this and that, but it's not because it came from the first Adam. It all originated through him. But the new life, everybody say the new life. See, the new life that you have now originate through Jesus Christ. That's what you focus on. That's what you draw life from. When things are bad, when things don't look good, when things look like it's just chaotic, I can go to the truth that made me free and draw from him. Can you see that? Now let's look at these things that you that uh that you and I have to be that cut away from. These are the things of our life that has to be cut away. Here we go. And this is in the message translation. It is obvious what kind of life develop out of trying to get your own way all the time. I like that. <laughs> is it right? All, notice this, repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinky accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. I mean, we don't even have to read the rest of it. That, all, that right there explains everything else from that point on. And again, this is not because of the background you come out of, the color of your skin, or what side of the track you were born. This came from, notice this, you could be born in a royal family that's, that's filled with such wealth that you have the want of nothing. But guess what? Your nature still stinks. 
Your nature is still rotten. You just have more money and more prominence to act, you know, more of a bigger ninny. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so, notice this. It says, uh, <clears throat> what is that? Where, where am I? So you're a friend and joyless grab for happiness. What is that? Trinket gods, magic shows. Well, you, somebody was talking about people looking for the supernatural. And the reason why people are looking for the supernatural in the dark world and mainly young people, because we stopped teaching the supernatural of the life of Christ, of whose we are. That's why people go to the dark world. That's why they do things in a manner that just, you know, it'll just blow your mind. Hmm? Watch this. Paranoia, loneliness, cutthroat, competition. That's the world we live in, right? Hmm? All-consuming yet never satisfied wants a brutal temper. Whoa. Boy, you tell what that that heater bring that temper out today, huh? <laughs> what? And impotent to love or to be loved. Divided homes, divided lives, small-minded. Look at that lopsided pursuits. You know, well, small-minded lopsided pursuits. Everybody want the money, but no one wants to work for it. Hmm. I mean, look. You know, I'm in my 60s. You know, back then when I was a kid, you know, you know, you see help wanted in the windows or stuff like that. Man, you go run to those jobs and, and whatnot and a man shake your hand. And you are hired on the spot with a handshake. You, you know, <clears throat> I thought them days were gone forever. But look what COVID, COVID did. It's a lying demon from hell. Now nobody, not, not nobody, but many people don't want to work no more. That's scary. How you going to make it? You you're talking about cheap, this cheap. How you going to make it? I mean, we went from the, my day of having, you know, uh, apply inside to where uh, the first time, the first place we experienced it was in North Carolina. They, you know, you just didn't go get a job. You had to apply online. That, that's the way things are still kind of like today, what do you do? You apply online. No, you don't talk to nobody. You apply online. Now with this artificial intelligence, you're not even talking to a, you, you, you're just really talking to a computer. Well, you, you've, been, you've been doing it anyway. You know, I, I, I've been having direct TV for oh, 20 plus years maybe. Or, you know, AT&T. You get on the line and what? 
it tells you I can speak whole sentences. You ever heard that before? You say something like, you know, pay my bill, uh, whatever. What, what do you think that is? That's artificial intelligence. It's been here. It just can perfect itself in a way that where it don't need human involved. But we know that's not true because they got so many help warning signs now. I mean, you can go back in, in the day that we and look and apply for a job inside. They say apply inside. So if you want to work, you can really work if you really want it to. May not be the money you want. But I've always found out to get a better job, you always work the one that you have. And a better one will always show up. If you're not caught up, if you're not trapped by the money, how much I'm going to make, if you just show up and know that, hey, I'm going to work. No, it's below me. You know, it's not what I'm, what I'm going to work. Well, guess what? God going to see to it that doors will open wide because you are in somewhere being productive and now he can open something up to you where you may be starting at the bottom. The Bible says, you know, you may go, you and I the head and what, not the tail? You might go in as a tail. Well, but if you stick with it long enough, you're going to be the head. Well, guess what? Some of this stuff got to come off of you. You might be the tail for a reason. You got a bad attitude. You got good you 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 got good uh what what is that um good skills but your attitude is raunchy you don't know how to deal with people i've seen a lot of this in my day good men qualify for a position that i had and even higher, got passed over because of their attitude. You know, there's a saying that says your attitude determines your altitude. And I'm telling you, that's a true statement. But it doesn't take much to get us teed off today. Look at you wrong. Well, so what if they look at you wrong? Call your name. So what? Are you that? If your response is according to what they said, then guess what? You hadn't, you still right here. You hadn't renewed your mind. You're seeing where the word itself, Jesus is saying that, that, you know, Every branch that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. Just think about some of the things in our life that need to be taken away. If you do an honest evaluation, not of the person sitting to you, next to you, but of yourself. Man, I know I got this crazy attitude, and I know every now and then it come up, somebody hit the wrong. See, when you can admit the first the first place or the first step of healing, the first step of, uh, of being uh, made whole is to admit. 
Your admission, it doesn't mean you're weak. Your admission means I got an issue right here. You're telling yourself that because you're trying to lie to yourself. Remember, we're not talking about your born again spirit here. It's, it's connected to the vine. But look what happens. Look, the leaves is just falling off. This thing is drying up. This is seven days. Look how brittle the leaves are. They barely holding on. Death is setting in. And it's the same way with our spiritual walk. No, you're not, you're not, you're not physically dead. But spiritually, mentally, emotionally, you're drying up like a prune. Being disconnected from the vine of life. If you're going to live the perfect, acceptable will of God, that's Romans 12 too. If you're going to live the perfect, acceptable will of God, then you're going to have to stay connected to that vine. The branch doesn't have power to say, I don't want to. I don't want to abide today. Guess what? Okay, just fall off. Boom, you're gone. This right here could never be reconnected. Now, you and I in the body of Christ, you know, you have option. Because you are living sacrifice. A living sacrifice is one that has to make a quality decision. A decisive decision. I'm not going back to what I was. I'm not going to behave the way I used to. But you got something to put in place. You're not just speaking words. You're, you have something already in place to say to make sure I'm not going back to that. And you can only, it can only be the word of God. And I'll show you that in just a moment. But notice this right here again. So we talked about lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of what? The personalizing everyone into a rival. That's a person that's have the root of bitterness. Offense is something that happens to us all. You cannot avoid being offended. Let me say that to you again. You cannot avoid being offended. But you can avoid that offense from turning into a root of bitterness. Because when you're bitter about something, you want to get everyone involved. If they said, you know, you know, you know, that, that Johnny Walker, he's a pretty good guy. And if he rubbed you wrong, girl, look, don't put no trust in that thing, no. Huh? He ain't always look like. Got that little smile, but he bite, he backbiting behind your back. Better watch it. Check and see, is your tail still on? Because you know he's going to be biting it all. Yeah, look how quiet y'all are. Y'all know y'all, y'all hear that every day. Right? That's the world we live in. But you can't allow because 
what someone said, you allow, instead of you, okay, let me do a self-evaluation. Because this ain't the first time I heard this about myself. And if you take an earnest, what? Look into yourself, estimation of yourself. You say, you know what? I do have that issue. Lord, thank you for pointing that out. Holy Spirit, help me to correct that. Don't just act like nothing is wrong. All of us got things that we have to work out our own salvation with. Amen? So here, again, you talked about, you know, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addiction. I was at Home Depot yesterday. Well, actually, I was leaving Home Depot. And, man, and this woman laying under this tree in the media, whatever, and this guy just walked over and he just, you know, he was kicking on the foot, I guess, to see if she alive. My heart dropped. And it's just like, you know, you see so many people out on the side of the road and as hot as it is. And I understand that, you know, it's like it's some type of, you know, click they got going on the where to see how much money each of them can, can, can pick up or this and that. But this person right here looked like, I don't know, was she dead or was she passed out? But my heart just dropped. So many people are on addictions, pain medication. What is this stuff called? Oxy what? Y'all remember that? What they give you, especially ladies that have babies or whatever? Axicon, yeah. Uh, not only just that, but then you got the hard stuff. That's fentanyl. I used to think crack cocaine was of the devil. And let me tell you something. That is not no good stuff. But fentanyl takes it all. Crack cocaine was in my day. Fent crack cocaine don't have nothing on fentanyl. Not even close. Are, are y'all understand what I'm saying here? People get caught on these addictions, always chasing a high. And sad to say, you got, I guarantee a lot of those people that's out there that seen homeless, that seen that are on these addictions, I guarantee they already know Jesus as their Savior. So that's not the answer. Just being born again. One has to walk in their deliverance. You have to hear the truth. You have to be in a place where the truth, uh, you know, you can't have places where they say, well, we got places that are set up for people that are strung out on addiction of drugs, this and that and whatnot, you know, and, you know, uh, for 30 days or whatever. Here's the problem with that. 30 days is just long enough 
to get you to get past the withdrawals. It's going to take another 30 days just to get your mind set to keep moving forward. That's 60 days. It's going to take another 30 days for you to understand now that you can start thinking with a clear head. But you're still not in a safe place. You're still vulnerable. If I had anything to walk people out of their addictions or whatnot, you're going to be in there, you're going to be in there for six months to a year. You're not getting out. There is and you cannot get out. You won't fight. You won't, I know you're going to go through all that withdrawal. I'm going to have a place, a solitary place just for you. I'm going to put mattress all on the wall, all on the top, and just let you run into it until you just fall out. Teach you the word. Exercise you. Work you. You understand what I'm saying? To your strengthen in your inner man. That's how you, that's how you, that's how you bring deliverance. They don't have no option to say, well, I want out of here. No, when you sign that paper, you can't get out. You're in here for six months. It's like the military. You don't sign up and then think you can just get out. See, somebody think that's harsh. No, what's harsh is, is to let them go back out there and guess what? They may not make it again. What did Jesus tell the woman with the issue of blood? I mean, not the woman with the issue of blood. The woman that was committing adultery. What he told her? Go. Yeah. Why? Because next time you may not escape. Next time there may not be someone like me to stand up and speak for you. Or the man at the pool of Bethesda who couldn't get in. And Jesus told him, will thou be made whole? And he was given this excuse. Well, every time the, the angel stirred the water, he could, but Jesus told him, pick up your bed and go home and sin no more. That's a worse thing. That means he did something to put himself there. And Jesus said, now you're delivered, don't do it no more. Because next time you, you may not come out. Can you see it? So if I was going to have a facility to teach you to break these, what you talk about, uncontrollable addiction, uncontrolled and controllable addiction, ugly, what is that word? Parody of community. I could go on, he says. You got to put them in an isolated place. You got to have a place for them. Give me a farm with about 100 acres. We could do it. And when they do come out, they're going to be very productive citizens. They'll never, come, they'll never go back to that life because now they can see what took place in their lives. They can see the potential of who they are now. 
but they don't have no, they, you can't, you can't, you got to take away their rights for a while. Some of y'all looking at me, y'all don't like that. Well, you tell me how you will break an addiction. Yes, sir. Absolutely. You have to. Yeah, you have to. If you just cut the tree down, say, well, I'm going to put them in there for 30 days, you're not doing anything. Don't work like that. Now, even when you're free, you can go back. But guess what? The thought will always, because familiar spirits are familiar with your past. But here's the thing. You're going to be strong enough to not return. Because you got enough truth in you. You got enough word in you. See, you don't have no such thing you can't hear the word. You got to hear the word. They're going to hear the word three times a day. That's the therapy. Got to hear the word. Got to be, got to be taught the word. <laughs> well, that's just, that just how if I had to do something like that. But when you disconnect, this is what happened. This, what I just said is not for everybody. But when I see people like this woman laid out on the side of this media and this guy kicking her on the foot to, to see if she's dead or alive, that touched my heart. And you have to have tough love. Tough love is what I just explained. You have a facility, you have 100 acres, and guess what? <clears throat> you got a lot of space to walk around. You'll keep the yards, keep the trees pruned. We're going to do all our carpentry work. We're going to supply the food. We're going to supply the water. We're going to supply the, your room. All we need you to do is be productive. Hear the word. Amen. That's what you're doing today. But see, you volunteer, voluntarily here because you don't have those type of uncontrollable addiction. We all have some type of addiction. You may have an addiction by Lil Debbie. <laughs> is that right? So, you know, I eat the Lil Debbie, but I try to drink it down with some grapefruit juice. <laughs> See, I had my own little addiction, amen. <laughs> All right, so Casey, go back over there uh, to, uh, to, to John 15. Now let me move on and go to verse 4. I need to move on. I want to show you all some things here. But you have to understand these things about what we're saying about having faith in the vine because it is not as hard as some people make it believe. You got to understand the growth season that you're in. Everybody go through a growth season. That they probably got on that tree and over there now at St. John Cathedral how old that tree is. How old do you think that tree could be? 
four hundred and some years. That's right. Oh. So you can't even get well, I was telling y'all earlier to go look at it. Oh, you wanna look at it this morning? See? It's huge. Yeah, but they got these metal poles holding up these branches. This is how huge this thing. Why? Because it's abiding in that trunk. That trunk is abiding. Notice it. That trunk is connected to that vine. The root. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? It got a good root system. You and I, the root system that you have is Christ in you. It's the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Ghost in you. But the problem is the Spirit of Christ has to flow. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, Brother Joe, that's your water right there. Your bottle of water. Can I see it just for a moment? Let's say I was thirsty. All right? I'm really thirsty, but I have the water. But as long as I walk around with this water in my hand, in my pocket, what good is it doing me? See, I'm doing, I have this, I can stay hydrated. All right. Well, when when you gonna drink it? You keep on moving across the path or whatever, and fool around, die or have a heat stroke because of what? Not drinking the water. He got it here. Well, guess what? Just because I have it with me does not mean that I'm okay. What make me okay? When I drink it, it's the same as with the word. You got the word of God in you. You got the spirit of Christ in you. You got the power of the Holy Ghost the cre- that was with God in creation. It's there, but guess what? It got to filter through your soul. This water has to enter in through my physical body. It has to minister to all my blood, oxygen, my internal organ. I mean, it has to minister to me in order for me to reap the benefits of it. If, in other words, if I don't drink it, my body won't benefit. If the word, if you don't speak the word, receive the word, and let the word filter through your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotion, then guess what? You will stay the way you are. You have everything you need. But you're not applying it. When the word is not applied, and let's talk about this for a moment. Thank you, sir. When the word is not applied, let's put this up, Casey. Uh, <clears throat> in uh, two places, let's go to Psalm 91. I'm going to spend the rest of my time here. Psalm 91 and 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. This, this is where we're going. So when you look at that, he says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except you do abide in me. Right? You got that? 
Take a picture of that in your mind. This is where we're going. This is where we this is what we're gonna be. Abide in me means hey, stay there. Not not today. Well, I went to church today, man. I feel good. Okay, what about tomorrow? Because you're gonna have to apply what you heard. Hmm? And it says, abide in me and where I where in you. It can't be a sometime thing. It has to be a permanent decision. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself. It's pro- so the fruit grow on the branch. What fruit are we bringing? Fruit of righteousness? Fruit of holiness? Fruit of love? Huh? You can't bring forth these things by yourself. You got to stay connected to the vine of life. It's impossible. Jesus, he's telling you, except you abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. The world, the church world, is trying to bring forth victory without Christ. Fruit without Christ. So let's look at this. Psalm 91. Put this up, Casey. He that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall what? Shall what? Abide where? Under the shadow of the Almighty. Let's put this up in the Amplifier for a moment. Notice what it says. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain what? Oh. Did you hear what he said? Stable. That means I'm not going to be erratic. I'm not going to know what amount of person I am today. No, I'm stable. I'm fixed. I'm in Christ. So you have to choose that life. But you just can't choose it and not feed on it. If I choose, you know, I may not like broccoli. I may not like beets. But when I understand the properties that it brings to my body, then guess what? I'm going to develop a taste for broccoli. I'm going to develop a taste for beets. Hmm? I use that because I know y'all, most of y'all don't like that. See that? I know how that I know just about how that goes. If we had a, if we had a, if we had, you know, a dinner right here, we fixed food right here, and I had the carrots and I had the broccoli and I had all that will always go touch very little, but the rice dressing, all oh, gone. <laughs> Everybody get their plate before Brother Johnny does. See. But notice what he said. You have to remain what? Stable. And look, notice it. Fixed. Under the shadow of who? Oh, but now look at this other part. Whose power? Ooh. Can you see that? Whose power? No foe can what? Oh, my God. Can you understand? So it doesn't make a difference what time we're in. It doesn't make a difference what season we're in. 
when you dwell in that secret place, when you remain stable in that secret place, you're in a place you can't lose. The victory lives within. But that victory that's in you have to have a way to filter itself out like water. You just can't have water in the bottle and never drink it. Not going to do you any good. I mean, understand what I'm saying. So when we say have faith, having faith in the vine, this is what we're talking about. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, notice what he said, dwell. You don't go home some days, huh? That's your dwelling place, right? You eat there, right? You hang out there, right? You live there. Well, guess what? Christ in you. That's the reason why our deliverance, our redemption, our victory, our prosperity, our protection, it's not in something because of what you've done. It's what he's already done for you. I want you to picture this in your imagination for a moment. Through the first Adam, we were all made sinners, right? First John, I mean, not first John, Romans 5, 12. Through that, what took place? <clears throat> because of sin, because of one man, notice that he didn't eat of the tree of what? Good and evil. He ate of the tree that had the knowledge The tree that had the knowledge of good and evil. God never intended for you and I to know either. He just intended for us to know him. That's a difference. Now watch this. Because Adam ate of this tree of the knowledge, then guess what? The purpose of sin or the purpose of sickness, the purpose of disease, the purpose of poverty, the purpose of racism, the purpose of every kind of lifestyle, homosexuality, transgender, whatever you want to call it, it is because of one man transgression of the knowledge. The knowledge of that good and evil brought about everything that I just said. But because of one man act of obedience unto righteousness. What his obedience was. The father's will for you and I was. Jesus knew what joy it brought the father for him to be made sin. So what do we say? What, cause, what, what sin, what sin uh, brings in? It brings in sickness. Disease. Poverty, shame, defeat, all the things that is, notice this, on that cross, Jesus' spirit 
became sin. Are y'all getting this? His body, what the Roman soldiers did to it, was an outward representation of what the spirit, what God did to his spirit for you, for me. I'm going to show you something in just a moment. Jesus, on his own, knowing what the will of the Father is. He can't disconnect. He don't know how to disconnect. But the purpose of his existence was to take upon a death that you and I couldn't. So the Father made Jesus sin. What came along with sin? He put all manner of sickness, all manner of disease, all manner of whatever, it was attached to his spirit, not his body. What the Roman soldiers did, it was to the place where, again, he had no resemblance, no commonness. He didn't even look like a man. Well, how could someone go through that type of whipping, that type of scourging, and still live? had no sin. He couldn't die. He had no death in him. He had no doubt. He had no unbelief. His faith was where? In the Father. Este <inaudible> The life I gave was so the life you could receive. The day you're living in is a day that you have already overcome. The victory that lies within you is the victory that I won and took back from the place of the enemy. The joy that I speak of. The joy that you have embraced that's on the inside. It's the victory that will carry you over on to the other side. That's what the Holy Ghost just said. Amen. Listen. When the Father took my sin, my sickness, my disease, whatever, placed it on him, and this is where the church Part of the church is divided. They don't believe that Jesus went to hell. Not his physical body. His physical body laid in that tomb. It wasn't his body that was sin. It was his spirit. Uh, okay, so put this up there for me. Uh, somebody remember me coming. Hold back there. All right. uh, <clears throat> First Peter. 319. Go back to what is 17 verse? That is a verse, but what is it? For it is better to suffer unjustly for doing right 
if that should be God's will, than to suffer justly for doing wrong. Okay, here we go. For Christ, the Messiah himself, died for what? Sin once for all. Put this in the NLT. Christ suffered for our sin once and for how many times? I mean, he ain't going back to that cross again and again. Why? Because the life is in that blood. He wasn't a sinner. He was made sin. Okay? Watch this. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to do what? To bring you safely home where? To God. That means, but I still have to make a choice just because you say he, he did this. He died for sinners to bring you safe. That doesn't mean that like cherry fall off a tree automatically. No, it's not automatic. You have to make a quality decision. Huh? Christ in me. When he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will. Right? But what have to be what have to take place? That abiding, the word abide means to dwell. It means to make home. Hmm? That means I made a quality decision that I don't live my life like this on Monday or Tuesday and then on Wednesday. I might be over here on Thursday and Friday. I'm over here, but then on Sunday, you know, I'm looking holy. No, it's a quality decision every day. When you walk out of this place, everyone should know something is different on you. It's about you. We change things by the authority that lives inside of us. It's Christ in you. It's not you doing it, but it's he in you. He needs your body to transmit his goods. The victory that's already yours, that's in you. The victory that you and I possess. Okay, watch this. He died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death. But he was raised to life in the spirit. Oh my. Watch this. So he went and he preached to what? The spirits where? Jesus' body wasn't in hell. But his spirit was. That's what Satan was holding hostage to you and I. It wasn't physically. It's your spirit that was held hostage. It's your spirit that was spiritually dead. And because he held sway over us by spirit of spiritual, you have spiritual life and you have spiritual death. It doesn't mean that they cease to exist. Spiritual death is just the absence of spiritual light. So we lived our lives as a sinner. We lived our lives raunchy because we were what? We were born under the what? The power of what? Spiritual death. 
Now that you are born of God, you what? You're living life out of what? The light of the light of Christ. Where? In you. You got to let his light shine forth through you. That's why we are, you are a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice is one you have to make a quality decision to let his life that he took, that he won in hell and he was raised again for our justification. He is the only one that had died. And then look, he's watching over the testament that he's won for us, but he's doing it through you and I. So there's no place in your life you could be with a sickness. The victory is already yours. I'm not living life to be healed. I live life every day to stay in divine health. That's my, that's my confession. That's what I live by. Now, what does that require? Yeah, it requires me eating right, eating decent. It requires me drinking the right liquids. Right? But more, more than ever, it requires me doing what? Living by the word. The same word that heal is the same word that make you whole. Right? Well, I ain't gonna want amen. So you don't think you can live without sickness. This is why his spirit was went to prison. His spirit was made sin. Next verse. Those who disobeyed God long ago when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat. Only eight people were saved from a drowning in that terrible flood. Amazing, right? So the same thing that we have today is the same way as it was in Noah. People don't go to heaven because they're good. People don't go to heaven because they do good things. People don't go to hell because they're bad. Hmm? Because they're a murderer. People go to hell because they reject their only atoning sacrifice for sin. I mean, understand what I'm saying. Y'all got this? Watch this. Go back to Psalm 91. So you see why we make this confession every day about our the Apostles' Creed? Why? Because many Christians don't believe Jesus went to hell. His spirit was there captured three days and three nights to do what? It wasn't for the enemy. It was for God to satisfy the claim of justice within himself. I mean, go back and read the Old Testament. Well, you don't have to do it. Just go back and read Hebrews chapter 7 all the way through chapter 12. And you'll see that the sacrifice of blood of animals could never, it didn't take away sin. What did it do? It covered. But it was a typo. It was a shadow. What Jesus said in Hebrews 10.5, he said, 
He said in two verses, verse five and verse seven, in the volume of the book, I you didn't, I did not, you didn't not uh, help me to come, you know, with the uh, sacrifice of blood, but a body you required. Meaning, God required His body. Notice what I said. God required His body. It was God in the flesh, taking on a body like yours through the virgin birth. We got so much for us and for us to live life confused or live life oppressed or to live life in a desperate mean is unacceptable as a believer. You don't have my faith, Brother Dave's faith. What's your name is again, brother? Brandon's faith. You know, or J.W. faith. No, you got Jesus' faith. All of us have the same faith, the same victory. But until you are enlightened in your heart, until you are enlightened in that inner man, it's just like drinking that water. If you don't drink that water, you won't be replenished. If you don't receive the word, your soulish man don't receive the word, it cannot filter through this body. It cannot change the environment. Oh, y'all listen to me. It's not where you've been. It's not how you did it. It's whose you are now and what you're going to do about it from this point on. The earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. In other words, the earth is saying, the life you got in you is how I was created. Hebrews 11.3 says, the worlds were framed, we understand, the worlds were framed, how? By the word of God. You and I have been born again. How? By the word of God. You are the life changer. You are the world changer. Right? Okay, let me close with this. I've been going long enough. Okay. <laughs> he, those who live, uh, go back to, uh, where was I? Some, uh, put it back in the, Amplify. He who dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall remain what? Shall remain what? What's your position? Because you what? You dwell in that secret place. I'm not afraid to leave my house. Huh? I'm not afraid of catching, getting in an accident. I'm not afraid of what? Flat tires, windshield crack. I dwell in the secret place. I had a big screw in my tire twice. And in one place it was in my tire, they said, oh, they passed some new law. Oh, we can't touch that. You got to buy a new tire. And then in one moment, I was just, well, okay. Put a new tire on. But they didn't make that tire that I have on my truck. 
So now the Holy Spirit is speaking on the inside. Don't make no hasty decision. So I took it to a couple places and ate the same thing. I called up this tire place. Uh, and I'm going to give them kudos. Right there on Ambassador Caffrey. Time walk place. Some southern time walk. They took my thing in. They said, come bring it up. We'll look at it. Looked at it. And he said, Mr. Moore, he said, uh, I got good news for you. He said, the shoe went in, but it never penetrated. What it did, it went in and it went out this way. This was a big old shoe. This thing looked like, I know my tire is punctured. It never went in. No one didn't want to touch it. He said, the man said, oh, you were lucky. There. I said, no, that's the blessing of the Lord. It make me rich. In other words, the, the word blessed me empowered. He empowered me to do what? To make the decree and live. Why? Because you dwell in that secret place. The secret place not in the truck. The secret place is in him. Can you see it? And he take care of. Now, if I had to buy a new type, no big deal. Okay? But I'm just trying to show you, he's trying to show me, I got better. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? Uh, something else happened. Uh, I mean, just read, I, my wife, if she was in here, she, I, you know, these things happen all the time. But what I'm trying to say, the favor of God that displays itself, not based on anything I did. Remember, it's his life in me. I, I choose to allow his life to position me to walk in the pathway that he has. In that pathway, is filled with all of God's goodness. It's filled with his health. That's why you can live above sickness and disease. But if you don't believe for it, if you don't sit under the word to be taught it, then you'll think that everybody gonna have some sickness. Everybody gonna have. Everybody don't have to. Have I had sickness? Yep. What I do? I resist it. But now that I have more knowledge, more understanding, more light on these truths, I live above it. So, well, what happened if you get sick? Well, guess what? The same faith that here that caused me to have this. I keep working the word, and guess what? I'm still standing on the truth. Holy Spirit, what did I go wrong? He's your helper. Hmm? I mean, if you work for somebody and things didn't go right and they brought you in the office and say, what, uh, ma'am, sir, what, what did I go wrong? They, because they see what you don't see, right? Well, the Holy Ghost see what you don't see. What did I go wrong, Lord? It could be just something as simple as not covering yourself up because I'm a runner. Sometimes I like to just Get in the truck, put the air on. Wait, I know not to do that. You turn the truck, you turn the air off, and you cool down, and you ride with the windows open to your body temperature. Okay, I've done a couple of things on my own that I brought numb numb to myself. You understand what I'm saying? 
That's a South Baton Rouge, South Baton Rouge colloquial term. Y'all get that later. <laughs> All right, I got to close. Here we go. So whose power no one, no foe can withstand, right? Next verse. Now, this is what he said, he who dwells. This is, now, this is your part. This is where you'll stand as the righteous, as one connected to the vine. I will say. So now we know that faith is what? Voice activated. What would you say? I will say. Say what? That what? He, I will say of the Lord, he is what? My refuge. Your refuge is what? That hiding place. That place of safety. And my fortress, my God, in him, what? Will I lean on and rely in him confidently I trust? This is your part. This is what you say every day. Next verse. For then he will deliver me from the snare of the father, from the deadly pestilence. Then he will cover me with his pinion. Under his wing shall you trust. We're talking about the word. He's not talking about, he's giving you, he's giving you the parable of a mother hen or a bird. I used to run in Gerard Park all the time. And if them, 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 them hens have them, have their biddies. Now, if they by themselves, they're going to get out of the way. But if they biddies are right there, guess what? She's sitting right there. Because why? Those biddies don't know no different. They look into her. So what I do? I just run around them. She's protecting them. It makes me think of how the Lord protects us. Sometimes danger can come to us, things can happen, and then all of a sudden, my big angel get there. I don't have to see him. I know he's there. And whatever is coming out, coming up against me, guess what? It's gone. Huh? This is what he's trying to give you the, the kind of his truth. That's what it means by his wing, his, his truth, his truth, his faithfulness, our shield and a butler. It's his truth. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am what? The way? The truth? Then he will cover you with his the next verse, Casey. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. The arrow, the evil plots, the slanders of the wicked that flies by day. You should not be afraid. We speak to storms. We speak to crisis. And they obey us. We speak to poverty. We speak to defeat. And they obey us. Because you have the truth that already overcame it. Living on the inside of you. You, nor the pestilence that stalk in darkness, nor the destruction that and the sudden death that surprises and lay wait at, at noonday. We're not afraid of that. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not what? Come near you. you just that's what you should be. That should be your confession. It shall not come near me. Hmm? What shall not come near you? No destruction. I'm a spectator. Notice this. Only a spectator shall you be, right? 
yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High as you witness the reward of the wicked. How many times we have had storms that come this way and all of a sudden, y'all witness it? They turn. They turn. Why? They didn't just do that on their own. You have to dwell in him and he dwell in you. He has to be a living place. Right? Okay, here we go. Because you made the Lord your refuge, the most high, your dwelling place, there shall what? No evil do what? Before you, not what? Any plague or calamity do what? Come near your tent. Boy. You have to live in a place by faith. You're living in that place by the faith of Christ that's in you. You trust in that. I'm going to stop right there for this. Go to 2 Corinthians 10. I'm going to give you all these last two, three verses, and we'll call it. I want you to connect this. Today, this week, between 9 and Wednesday, study this. Psalm 91, 2 Corinthians 10, 3, because what are we talking about here? That if you're going to abide in him and his word abide in you, knowing that, hey, I can't do nothing on my own. Well, these are the scriptures you're going to use to do what? To stay connected. Meditate on these things. Feed on these things. Okay? For though we walk in the flesh, we're not carrying our, carry on our warfare according to the flesh using mere human weapons. You got to understand that. We all understand that, right? You can't be using word filled with slander to slander someone else. Hmm? You, talk, you talking to me? Your mama. No, <laughs> you can't do that, right? You can't do that. Verse 4, here we go. For the weapons of our warfare are not what? Physical, right? Weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty to God for what? For the overthrow. Now, you want to know how you're going to overthrow destruction and stronghold or addiction? You got to have the word of God. Okay, here's what the Holy Spirit is saying. All right, is anyone here suffering, and if you don't mind, you know, say, suffering with some type of issue, you say, I don't know how to deal with that. Is it someone that's dealing with something that maybe keep coming back? You don't understand why. Or maybe you're under something that's holding you. And if you don't mind saying it, that, you know, I want to show you in real time how you deal with that. Emotion. Elevate emotion. Well, okay, when you think about, okay, where does emotion come from? First of all, it comes, it has to th- it starts with a what? A thought. It starts with a thought. Everything starts with a thought. All right? What does Proverbs 23, 7 say? As a man, what? In his heart, so what? Is he? So guess what? My emotion 
it fluctuates. It's part of my soul, right? Okay, so a thought entered in. And if that thought entered in, guess what? It comes from your past. It's never something in your future. It may be wrapped different. It may be packaged different, but it's the same. Because that thought is already familiar with you, right? So if it starts with a thought, then guess what? There's three components to the soul, your mind, so what is my mind? My mind is what? It's my thinker. I mean, if you have a thought, then he start what? Thinking on, and that's why this scripture says, for the weapons of our warfare, they're not flesh and blood. So we'll try to take some medication. I'm not against it. But you're using medication as a way to combat this thought. It can't help you to do that. It can calm you for a moment. But if you want true deliverance, then it starts with how you think. And so once a person understands that, okay, my mind is my thinker, it's where I think. It's what I'm thinking on the most. To to think on something, that means you have to accept it. Remember, it's not feeding you something that you don't know. It's feeding you something that already happened. Or it puts you in a place that you're afraid that what could happen again. Right? Once your thinker is thinking on it, how, 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 how is, notice it, when it says, my thinker, that means I'm watching something. I'm feeding on something. Maybe I heard something that triggered it. But you have to be the one to do what immediately say, I cast that thought down in the name of Jesus. See, if you don't take the thought and you can't cast the thought out with a thought, you got to cast the thought out with the word. This, as a believer, it requires work on your part, not work to work, work and try to Earn your salvation through a birth, but work to do what? To let you know that words are voice activated. Faith is voice activated. So if I don't want this thing on me, I have to say, I rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. So what do you got to do? Well, the first thing I did, James 4, 7 said, I submit myself to God. I come up under the submission of the truth of the word. And then now I can speak to that condition. And guess what? The Bible says, it flee in terror. That's the word. You say, well, I still kind of feel. No, you're not moved by feeling. The word don't lie. You're trusting. This is why I say meditate on Psalm 91, verses 1 through, do the whole verse 1 through 16. But what I'm meditating. I'm, my trust is in God. It's in his word. So by faith, faith is my confidence, my trust, my reliability in him that his word has set me free. So I'm moving accordingly. And as you act, then guess what? All of a sudden, it just disappears. It goes. You don't know what? Because the Holy Spirit is like the wind. You can't see the wind. Right? What do you see? The effects of the wind. Whether it's blowing east, north, south, or west, right? What's the second component of dealing with emotion? 
It's your will. Your will is what? Your chooser. You have to choose, Brandon, to feed on it. You have to choose and let it sit there and fester. Now, it's getting in there. Because you what? You chose what you thought on. See, your thinker put you in the position to choose. You can't, you're only making choices based on how you think. So if you don't rebuke the thought and put the word of God in that position, and that's why we're giving these verses of scripture, verses three through five. If I don't finish verse five or whatnot, you got, y'all can, you go back and y'all study this. You can get the podcast after the day or whatever. But the point is, it's trying to show you that it first started out with a thought. In Matthew 6, 24 through 33, Jesus said, take no thought saying what I should eat, this, this, this. No, because he already know what you have need of. All he needs you to do is to do what? It is to comply with the kingdom of God. Okay? Number three. First, it starts with a thought, which is how he thinks, right? So now he made a choice, which is his will. It's your chooser. You're choosing based on how you thought on that. You're making decisions based on how you thought on that. How many times our decision we made was so bad? And you didn't realize it to what? It was over. Why? Because now, once you chose, and this is what Case asked the question, how about emotion go up and down? Your emotions is involved because this is all components of your soul. Your emotion, notice this, your emotion affects your five senses. Your feelings, how you see, your taste. What's the other three? You hear and y'all, y'all, know, y'all know your five senses, right? <laughs> so now your emotions are fluctuating based on what? My emotion is fluctuated about a situation, maybe financially, based on how I thought. It all started with a thought. Not nothing new, but based on how I've been dealing with these things off and on. So what it does, it's going to come back. It may be packaged differently. It may be wrapped differently. But it's the same old. Familiar spirits are spirits that's familiar with you. Good or bad. And if you don't have the word of God to put on something that you walked out of, then it will put you in a place through Maybe you had an argument with your wife. Maybe they didn't treat you well on the job. And this thought came up, and it got you to make that right, and you know what it did, but it doesn't show you the result of that bad decision. It just shows you how to defend yourself, how to, you know, you're on the fence right now. You can't let nobody talk to you like that. It all starts with a thought. Proverbs 18, 21, 
life and death is in the power of the tongue. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34, you are the prophet of your own words. Huh? What is Matthew 12, 34? Anybody know what that verse says? Put that up there, case. We're done. We're done. It's a, I'm just giving illustration to show you he talked about the emotion. Well, this is how it happened. It just don't happen. It has to first start with a thought. Matthew 12, 34 says what? Put it in King James. Well, go back. Yeah, good. I like that. I like that. Say, oh, generation of viper, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of your heart. Now put it back in the King James, or, or, I mean, in the Emperor, you offspring of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil, wicked? For out of the fullness, you see what it's saying? So it's not just evil speaking. It's just not doubtful thinking. It's out of the abundance of your heart. The mouth will speak. Hmm? You know, some people say, man, I laughed so hard, I thought I was just going to die. Well, guess what? If folks start dying because of what they say, the people going to stop saying that, isn't it? So you see, it's not just everything you say. But it's words out of the abundance that mean that make that's your makeup. That's what you, that's who you are. That's you living from that. So you want to be mindful. For out of the fullness, the overflow, the superabundance of the heart, the mouth speak. And so when he deal with the heart, he's not talking about your spirit, he's talking about your soul. Because that's the other immaterial part of you. Just like your spirit and your soul, they both are the immaterial part of you. But you know there's no wickedness in your spirit. So you have to all beware in how I think through my soulish man. If this physical man is going to experience the goodness of God, it got to filter through my soul, my heart my mind. If the environment I live in is going to be affected with change, it has to filter through the soul. My spirit is the seed of life that supplies all the divine energy that I need. But if my soul, if the soil of my heart, the ground of my heart is not receivable, is not receptive to the truth, then you'll stay in your ignorance. You'll stay in your doubts. You'll stay in your unbelief. Jesus said, it's the truth you know. That word know means you have to have experiential knowledge of knowing it. You not just don't know, take a driver's test and know, this, you know what it says until you get behind the wheel. You have experiential knowledge of driving in your lane, stopping, changing lanes cautiously and etc. It's experiential knowledge. It's not just a book sense. The word of God is not just a book sense. It's experiential knowledge. You're getting ready to leave here today. You're going to be experiencing. You're going to have, have some experience with the word to apply to things that's uncomfortable. To things that want to deny you of your biblical rights. Of whose you are. 
Did you receive anything today? Did that answer your question? It went around a long way. Casey, I gave you a long answer, but you, you just can't say, because your emotion is based on, again, where you've been. It's based on things that already took place in your life. And so the enemy can't just come out and just attack you with my. No, he has to attack you of things that you're familiar with. And sometimes we become unstable based upon a past event. And it just looked like. Hmm? I was in the workplace the other one, no, a few weeks, a few months ago. And girl was getting ready to have a panic attack. And I just put my hand on it and said, just take deep breath. Close your eyes. And just take deep breath. You gain wisdom from the Holy Ghost. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. But he's always there with you. So I count on him to assist me. Amen. Any other questions? It's a classroom. It's not church. It's a classroom. Any comments? Did anybody learn anything today? Anybody care to say what they learned today? One thing they learned today? What you what you learned today, sister? A lot of things. Uh, so many Well, I want y'all to learn. I knew how difficult it was for me to learn. I've heard these things all my life, but a lot of it didn't make sense. I couldn't wrap my own. I just kept studying, kept crying out to God, Lord, I need to. And I'll never forget on the track how he showed it to me. I literally stopped in my track. I said, oh, my God. There we go. Amen. Yes, sir. Yeah. Amen. That's right. We stay in that dwelling place. Anybody else? Anything you learn? My good student back there, Paige? 